Welcome to the club, man. Okay. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. This is the worst day of my life. The worst day of your life so far. He's looking at you, kid. There's no crying baseball! I'm gonna make him an offer to get him with you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. To infinity and beyond! Welcome to episode 50 of the Heritage Film Club, where today we're celebrating with Twitter's pick from our poll choices, Superman the movie from 1978, not Man of Steel. Megan, roll the correct trailer. My friends... I'm not given to wild, unsupported statements. And I tell you that we must evacuate this planet immediately. Jor-El, be reasonable. Once there was a civilization, much like ours, but with a greater intelligence, greater powers, and a greater capacity for good. survivor. Now, wouldn't that beat all get out? Because of the wisdom and compassion of Jor-El, because he knew the human race had the capacity for goodness, he sent us his only son. His name is Kal-El. He will call himself Clark Kent. But the world will know him as Superman. This year, Superman brings you the gift of flight. Superman, the movie. A planet is going to explode. The government won't listen to a chief scientist's warnings. No, it's not a documentary. It's Superman the movie. Do I need to really go over the origin of Superman for anyone old enough to be listening to this podcast? Like, seriously, everyone should know this story by now. But, I guess just in case. Mere moments before his home planet of Krypton explodes, baby Kal-El is shot into space by his parents. Three years later, he lands in a field in Kansas and is adopted by Jonathan and Martha Kent. 
They raise him right and teach him good values, unlike Kevin Costner did in Man of Steel. And after 12 years in the North Pole, Clark goes off to Metropolis, becomes a reporter and a superhero. He catches helicopters, he woos intrepid reporters, and fights against shady land dealings, all while wearing a bad outfit. All set to an iconic piece of music by the legendary John Williams. Welcome to our 50th episode, not including a couple of unnumbered specials. I'm joined as always. Finally, we've got the whole crew together, mainly because I was sick. But, Jared, g'day. Hello. Brian. Hello. Happy 50th. Happy 50th. And, of course, Clayton. Hello. We're old now. We're old. We're 50. Yeah. I was already old. No, no, but, like, didn't, when we first started this podcast, um, Mike, didn't you say, like, the majority of podcasts don't get past 15 or something? Something Less than like that. seven or eight. Yeah, we got the fifty. <laughs> yeah, what is the actual number though, um, Brian? Oh, now you're asking me tough questions. Quick, oh, tap down your sheet. It up. Yeah, I think it's fifty-three or something. Isn't it's it? fifty 54. plus. Fifty plus. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nearly Sorry, a uh, senior. I was going to refer to you as Mike L, and I wasn't really sure I could pull that. I was going to do Clay L. Clay but, L. Yeah, mm. Jarrell. Gerald, that's close enough. As yeah, yeah and Brian. All right, good. Brian, indeed. So. Uh, and while Brian has been looking this up, this is in fact episode fifty-four or the fifty-fourth recording. There you go. Oh, so cool. Christmas and Halloween episodes and whatnot. Um, Plus the Wolf of Wall Street for one more. Ah, uh, there you go as well. Yeah, but yes, for um, numbering purposes, this is number fifty. We're going big. We're going with. A classic, I think it's safe to say a classic, directed by Richard Donner, who, uh, as you'll all know, directed Lethal Weapon, The Goonies, and uh, a few other famous movies. Mm, Stars Christopher Reeve. What's that? A few movies that we've we've discussed as well. Yes, that's true. Um, Starring Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, Gene Hackman, Marlon Brando, Ned Beatty, Jackie Cooper, Valerie Perrine. And Terence Stamp has a runtime, the, the normal theatrical cut anyway, is, which is hopefully what we all watched, uh, of two hours and 23 minutes. There is an extended version. Uh, had a budget of $55 million, uh, of 1978 money and brought in a box office of $300.5 million. So that's, that's, that's pretty decent. Not small yeah. change. No, in today's money, I don't know how that would stack up against superhero movies, but um, yeah, it's a good return on investment. Eh? So, Rotten Tomatoes, people, are you thinking it was a critics movie or an audience movie? Clayton. Um, critics. And what sort of range do you think it's in? Oh, like 80 or 90. I don't critics of now. If you're a critic now, could you go back in and review it? I think so. Oh, now audience, audience, like audience seventies, eighties. Okay, Brian. Yeah, I reckon high too on both. I'm wondering whether the audience score might have changed a bit with people reviewing it now, after having watched mm. the Marvels and stuff. 
Um, hmm. but I'm, st I'm still thinking high by sides. I'm going to go audience. All right, Jared. Yeah, I think they'll both be high, but I think critics just because critics tend to to give high ratings to sort of culturally significant movies. I guess so. I think they'll they'll slightly edge it out. Okay, yeah, it's good. Call. So range wise, you guys were not far off, but well, by saying high, I guess um, the critics gave it ninety three percent. And the yeah. audience score is 86%. Okay. Oh, yeah. So it's close. Mm, still high. Was this the Close. first superhero movie? Like to be mass produced? Um, uh, like of, of, of yeah, the DC I, era, yeah? It would be like of the comics, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. to be honest with you, I mean, they, this is not this counting is TV movies, movies yeah. Yeah, this is, this is the real, the first big screen one, which is why there was okay. so much hype around it. You know, there was like movie serials in the in the 40s and, you know, Man on TV in the 50s and stuff. And then the closest otherwise was the Batman movie from, you know, 66 Batman movie, which we did. And then there was this. Yeah, okay. Wonder Woman on television. Oh, yeah, we so. can't forget the 66 Batman movie. Yeah. Oh, fully, yeah. Just some days mm. you just can't get rid of a bomb. Um, yeah, this this was the, I guess, like the touch paper. Okay, cool. Tagline back then was, you'll believe a man can fly. Yeah, and we'll get into that. Are we all still here? Because you guys keep cutting out. <laughs> yes, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. I thought okay. it was studio too. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's happening. Right, so we're all here. All right. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we just have to do a quick check in every now and then. Um, we're at the moment. Hmm. Okay, so might as well get into this then, eh? Uh, right. I'm pretty sure the the, the obvious uh, one will be Brian. So how about we start with Brian? And I'm not being presumptuous or anything. It's uh, come on, we've talked about this movie before. Mm, um, yeah, we have. So let's let's go with Brian, and then we'll work our way around. So Brian, when was the last time you saw this movie? Uh, last time I'd seen this movie prior to watching it for this, obviously, would have been about probably right about the time that Superman Returns came out. So looking at somewhere around 15 years since I'd seen it. Um, yeah. It's a couple of times in between. And then, of course, I saw it the first time around. And am I right in thinking that I'm the only one of us who was alive when this movie was was released? Is that correct? Just. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. I can give you like my, my thoughts from nine-year-old me. Did you go to the movies to watch it? The only place to watch it, my friend. Legit. It's, it's 1978, man. Oh, uh, true, well, in true. New Zealand, yeah. so it probably didn't come no, out until no. 1981. No bloody uh, TV I, movie, I no Netflix. I uh, seeing Superman 2 in 1981, and it was around sort of Christmas time, so it would have been like nine at the time. And well, this came out. Was it? Mm -hmm. Sorry, go. Oh, so this came out December 15th in America, 1978. Yep. And then mm -hmm. Superman 2 came out in 1980, which was the year I was born. And so even oh, yep. even then, there's only two of us born by that movie because Clayton came around the next year, I think. Yeah, 81. Yeah. yeah. I still remember seeing it like, you know, Christmas holiday movie. That was like the, you know, the big one that you watch when you're on holiday from school and stuff. Um, yeah. My biting memory from seeing it the first time around was 
loving it. And then when, you know, dad drove us back home and I kind of leapt out the car and ran around the backyard with my arms out. I kid you not. Very embarrassing for a nine-year-old even. You're like that um, kid from Man of Steel. Pretending that I could fly. Mm. Yes. Because that was me. Yeah. yeah. He, he loved this movie. And did older Brian like this movie? Though? Older Brian also loves this movie, but not as much because older Brian watches it differently. Um, yeah, of course. But it, it's mm. it's iconic and it sets up a whole ton of stuff. And the other bits that I look at it and I go, hmm. Yeah, okay, that bit's a bit weird. And there are a couple of bits in here that bugged me as nine-year-old me and still bug me now, and I'm okay with that. We'll come back to them too. But, yeah, um, it's iconic, man. Hmm. Okay. That'll be um, a good start. Good start. Um, Jared, have you seen this before, this viewing? Uh, I, I hadn't seen it before. I think there was parts of the movie that i'd seen i think mm -hmm. brian you've showed me parts of this before mm -hmm. so there was like little bits i was sort of aware of either through that or just like pop culture references that i yeah. that i knew but this first time fully watching the movie and like I, I tried to watch it from the viewpoint of like when it came out this was all completely new mm -hmm. like there wasn't a hundred superhero movies before that because uh, obviously mm -hmm. the movie it's quite dated watching it um and some of the things just are kind of stupid and it really makes sense but I, I i kind of enjoyed it um watching it from from that point of view like it was kind of cheesy um but i enjoyed the story of it and it was i, I liked seeing the origin story the way um it was portrayed so yeah i'm i'm glad i watched it. i had a good time watching it cool um going to do me now because I want to save Clayton to last because I'm very interested to see what Clayton says about this. Um, so for me, I, yeah, there's, so there's a few scenes in the movie that don't hold up very well, but I think for the most part, this movie actually holds up better than a lot of movies from the same era. Um, I think the special effects are actually still pretty decent. Um, like if you go and watch the pilot of um, Lois and Clark, which was, what, in the 90s? So 20 years after this or something? Yeah. yeah. And I know it's a TV budget, but it's still 20 years later. Mm -hmm. um, the flying in Superman, the movie, still looks better than the flying in the pilot episode of <laughs> Lois and Clark. Um, there's, a, um, I don't know, like the costume holds up extremely well. It is so good. Um, the performances... The tagline, like you said before, is you'll believe a man can fly. Man, for me, it's you'll believe a guy can put on glasses and be a different person, like believably, because the way Christopher Reeve plays it, he plays Clark and Superman so differently, um, physically, the way he speaks, everything. The hair gets parted on the opposite side, depending on who he is. It, it actually can make you suspend belief um for me anyway i really like it um so yeah that's that's good enough for now so um clayton yeah you hadn't seen this before right no okay and go <laughs> no hey um like i get it i get that this was like i asked before was this like the first superhero movie um i get why it's iconic right but 
I have been marvelized in relation to my superhero movies, and I found it a bit, I'm not going to say boring, but boring. Um, yeah, it was, there are a few things in here that I was just like, what? And like the six minute intro. I knew you were going to bring that up. Like, I holy knew it. fucking <laughs> shit. I knew it. And by the way, six it's not minutes. six minutes. It's it is six not. minutes. No, it I is. timed it. I looked at the counter because I knew you were going to bring this up. I, I checked it. No, I looked it up. I, I was watching it. the counter. I was watching the bar. It's six minutes long. No, it's not. Okay, but anyway, it's and it was only words show. too. It, yes. It long. It's long and there's no, like with Thank You for Smoking, you had this issue, but at least with that one, there were like graphics behind it and stuff to make it yeah. look all stylish. This just had the zooming in um, like, names. Yeah, like I get it. Like I get how this movie is iconic. But when I'm waiting an hour for him to don the suit, I'm sort of like, oh, I'm already waiting, you know what I mean? No, there's plenty of modern superhero movies that do that. I know, okay. But to give you an example, yeah. I watched Man of Steel after this. Oh, dick. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. I enjoyed Man of Steel a lot better than this. Oh, shut up. Get off the podcast. No, no, um, but that, that's just my opinion. But it's because Man of Steel is more like a Marvel movie in relation to... <laughs> No, 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 in the sense yeah. of yeah. the way it's structured and the way it's delivered. Hmm. This is a different time and a different place. And I get it. It's just for me, my taste, I prefer the newer stuff. That's all. Fair enough. But it is such a poor movie to, like, I would prefer you say, like, I watch Captain America or Wonder Woman. Oh, no, or, no, I just wanted to see what the reboot was like. Um, shit. Like, with the Man of Steel. And I enjoyed it better. Yeah. But um, Structurally speaking, I get what you mean. I mean, it's just kind of, they are, this and, and Man of Steel are very different movies. And if you think yeah. about it, like the first Spider-Man, the first Raimi Spider-Man and yeah. the new Spider-Man, they're different. They're just, they're done differently because time has passed, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I kind of, I was a little surprised. I don't know why I'd not thought of it before. That it takes him so long to be Superman. It takes him that long to be Christopher Reeve, to be honest. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's yeah, just under an hour, I think. I think it's at 48, 49 minutes before he's in Metropolis. Like that, I think, yeah. 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 Um I mean he did spend twelve years at the Fortress of Solitude, apparently. So yeah. it's great for people skills, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah. Just with your hologram dad. Yep. Taking it all in. <laughs> Being antisocial yeah. and, then, so and not awesome, really, um, not really having to call back to it at all for the rest of the movie. So, yeah, but he also got a costume out of it. Maybe called his mum at some point in that time because she's alone on the farm. She'd be dead by then. She was, she was knocking on the door bloody when he left, and then twelve oh. years passed. Hey, I go ask, did anybody get creeped out the fact that Lois Lane was a little girl when you first meet her? On, on the train. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I got creeped out by that a little bit. Yeah. Knowing knowing where the storyline heads. Yeah, I never, like, realized, I never realized that at the time. I read that years later that was supposed to be her. Maybe there's something obvious in there that I missed. Hang on, what? So um, the little girl on the train is Lois Lane. <laughs> Hang on, what train? When, when he's running oh, when he's the train. He's the train. Oh, when he's, a, when he's a high schooler. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I was like. Yeah, because the dad's like, oh, Lois, he's, sit down, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and damn, she's I like, there's a guy out there, there's a guy out there. Oh, that's, and, oh, damn. And he's, what, 10, over 10 years older than her, clearly, yeah. at that point. Yeah. Which, yeah, when I 
I didn't realize at the time, but, but when I read it later and I went, okay, that's just a bit weird. But also, as soon as she meets Superman, shouldn't she be like, hey, you know, once when I was a kid, I saw a guy running faster than a train. I was waiting for that, too, but it <laughs> like, never came up. <laughs> that would stick with you, I feel. like Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not like Frozen where they mind wipe Anna so she forgets Elsa has powers. It's like, man, who knew we could put a Frozen reference in this? That's good. You um, down the Pixar route and we end up on cars. This is your Yeah, fault. this is true. This is true. <laughs> um, you you, you okay. can clock that there was another Lois Lane on the train, right? You'll have this in your trivia, Mike, no doubt, but. No, what the um the little girl, yeah, her parents on the train. The lady mm-hmm. is Noel Neal, who was oh yeah, Lois on yep. TV, mm-hmm. and the father is Kirk Allen, who was uh, Superman. Basically, I think the first film Superman. Yeah, the pre George Reeves one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, in the, ser- in the serials and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a cool. That's my, that's, no. that's my contribution to trivia. I'm out. I've I've got a piece of trivia. I'm just going to bring it up now because you're the DC historian, Brian, of this podcast um, for the old Mark school Wade DC stuff. You are, basically. Yeah, um, and I want to know, like, I know, okay, I'm just, I'll tell you the trivia and you okay. tell me if this is accurate to your recollection, right? To my best. Right. So the the first part of the trivia is that it was Marlon Brando's idea to have Jor-El wear the S-Shield, right, in this movie, the the Superman crest, mm-hmm. that does not stand for hope. Fuck off. And, <laughs> and, um, oh, I just lost my own train of thought. Yeah, right. So then that is where the origin of the S being the sigil for the House of L comes from, because it wasn't in the comics before this. Is that true? That is that is, to, to the best of my recollection, true. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that before. What was so in the comics? No, it was just S for Superman. S, S for Superman. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah but like Jor-El thought... The House of L or anything, no. Yeah, so Marlon Brando, rather, thought it would be a good idea. Hmm. So basically, Marlon Brando came up with the idea that it's a crest. Because um, all the other people have obviously got different sigils hmm. on Krypton, on their hmm. clothes in this movie. Um, so I guess he's, yeah, well, props because yeah. apparently that's all he contributed to this movie because, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah cause apparently he took the paycheck, a huge paycheck yeah. by the way, and, um, just phoned it in, didn't memorize lines, didn't bother doing anything. I think he was only on set for a day. Um, I think he got one of the biggest paychecks of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cause Crazy. he's Marlon Brando coming off, coming off the Godfather, which, Ooh which his career was pretty much over um, already pre-Godfather. That's the movie that sort of brought him back, and that was only a few years before this. And then, um, you know, he was sinking again. Three and a half million dollars for that. Yeah. Apparently. Yep, and then he he sued the producers and was cut out of Superman 2, even though he had already filmed scenes. So they ended up using those scenes in Superman Returns. Um, and then he used stock footage in Superman 2. Yeah, and then he talks, um, to, then he talks to, to Lara, talks to his mum yeah. in Superman 2, yeah. So I have a question, another question then. Um, you, Brian, watched Superman 2 after you watched this, right? Yep, I did. And then you watched just straight Superman Returns? I did. For so some the, reason, I jumped three and four. Yeah, the, the re- 
the what is it the retrofitted Superman three Superman Returns because I think that was the idea of Superman Returns wasn't it Yeah it was to, sort of yeah continuation and let's, let's just ignore the nuclear man Yeah like what they did with Terminator hmm. I want to say it's Dark Fate they decided that would be Terminator three yep. um, So okay so I'm talking nostalgic feelings in my mind because it's been a while since I saw all of them but for me my favorite was always Superman two. So now that you've watched the three recently, yeah. which one is is the the better one in your opinion? Still Superman two. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. It's because of Zod. For me, it's because of Zod. It's but... it's the Kryptonians. Yeah, it, and it's it's the it's the fight in Metropolis. Yeah, and there's there's other stuff which is there's dodgy and just odd in that movie, but mm. yeah, it's it's the threat. Yeah. Which they tried to bring straight in with Man of Steel, and I did like Michael Shannon, mm, but he's a good there's, there's nothing like Terence Stamp's Neil before Zod. Neil before Zod. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, back to this movie. Um, Jared. Mm, yes. Other thoughts? Um, I was thinking. So the whole theme it like originates with this movie, right? Because it's I guess that just became like the Superman theme, like forever. You sort of associate that theme with this movie the music or the theme the, of the, the, the music like the, right yeah. yeah so it was, it was yeah i i we were talking about before um we we came on here i guess um that it was like star wars and i was like this is this that whole intro was so star wars i mean i get that it's like john williams and everything mm-hmm. but like the music the the like words find at you and everything. I'm like, this is exact. <laughs> Am I watching Star Wars right now? <laughs> and then they phase. The first shot you see is Krypton, like the Death Star in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did think like the very like opening scenes of the movie. It felt like very sci-fi, as opposed to like watching a superhero movie, like everything on Krypton and everything. It was it was very like had a very sci-fi feel to me. I don't know if that's yeah, Man of Steel did that as well, though I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, did you find the movie extremely dated, or did any of it hold up, or did it all just? Um, crash it, it did feel dated. I mean, it, compared to like what DC tries to do with its movies now, when they're a lot darker, Ugh, yeah, and like sort of gritty. This was completely the opposite of that. It was. Yeah, so that's like the one thing that stood out to me as sort of you, they wouldn't make it like that now. Um, mm. Yeah, I it had a lot of things like I don't know if that seems like such a cliche now, like uh, buses falling off bridges and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I don't know if that was a big thing before this, or this was that was sort of a new idea in a movie like someone saving someone off a bridge but certainly been used enough after this yeah mm-hmm. even fantastic four did that didn't they yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man of yeah. steel didn't it like, wasn't that the, uh, does, the a bus, there's a bus in the river that's right because that yeah, leads shark, to the whole scene that i have a problem with mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. it was kind of the era of disaster them. movies let's be fair you know you kind of you it's still your towering inferno Beside an adventure type thing, so you know there's always peril with, I don't know, b- big peril if you like, you know, bridges and buildings and I don't know, maybe they just tucked into that. Mm. 
one thing I did find quite funny in this movie was uh, Superman saying, oh, flying is still the, the safest way to travel. And there's like a plane crash and a helicopter crash within like half an hour of each other in the movie. Yep. And like, yeah. Yeah, flying does mm. not seem like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it happens in one night in the movie, these two crashes that he goes to. So yeah, I don't know about that. To, to be fair, the the helicopter barely gets off the ground. Um, and that helicopter, had it got off the ground, was wasn't it supposed to go and meet Air Force One? Because um, yeah. that's where yeah. Lois was going, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that scene, the helicopter scene, um, you know, the "You've got me, who's got you?" That that scene is just one of my favorite scenes ever. Yeah, I, me too. my favorite scene of this movie. I, I love the I love the laugh that he does. Please tell me you saw what? that. You've got me. Who's got you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he just goes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah just a little smile it's cool yeah he's oh it's great um i i didn't think it needed the double jeopardy scene as they called it with the, the helicopter then falling down because when he catches that it, it does look a bit fake but um the the lower scene was cool and then the cat burglar scene which followed it up i quite liked as well um oh the batman scene the, the, yeah, yeah, the Batman scene. They turn, they turn the camera on its side, you mean? Yeah, um, horizontal, yeah. Well, they had to strap the guy in who was in the office, apparently, <laughs> yeah. into a seat because he was filmed the wrong way up as well because mm. everything was horizontal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was. I liked that scene. I liked. It looked like Superman was standing on the side of that building because yeah. it shot from the inside of the window mm. and you saw the bottom of his boots and everything. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then he also finds time to save a cat from a tree. Oh, you got to do the cat. <laughs> you have gotta to. got to do the cat. You have to. The, yeah. Um, so, Clayton, I get it. I get the, the the narrative structure being slow for you because, yeah, you're right. The first half of the movie is very slow. Yeah. Um, but I just feel that once, once it does get into that second half, once he's Clark and Superman, it's Metropolis and Radira. Right, right, um, I actually think the movie is is pretty good. Um, it's definitely my Superman. <laughs> like this, this is how I picture Superman. Like bright and for the most part pretty happy. He, yeah, he he does sort of alter the whole world <laughs> for his personal gain um, at the end in the most ridiculous part of the whole movie where he reverses time by turning the earth the wrong way around. Yeah, but um, it, it, only reverses, it only reverses some things, right? Like, does everything get reversed or? Yeah, it reverses time. Yeah, it reverses everything. time. And it, like, it goes back to like the dam sort of bursting, but then does the dam burst again? Yeah, because he's still got to catch the missile, right? Yeah. yeah. But all he does was um, stop Lois's Lois. car. <laughs> or grab Lois out of the car before, before He's everything like, else goes to Screw the rest of the world, mate. I see my, my lady. Yeah, yeah. first time. Yeah, he could have just... Jimmy's yeah, running yeah. Off, the, off the dam. He, yeah. And then, then Jimmy turns up, so he's okay. Hmm. He should have reversed it, yeah, a little bit more. Just stop the whole thing. Gone and got Luther before he could steal the missile in the first place. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then we wouldn't have got the really cool-looking scene where he goes underground 
and lifts the tectonic plates. <laughs> yes. And I'm not even being funny. That looks cool. It's a cool visual. It's like a yeah. comic book visual. It's really cool. He saves um, the train. He goes underground. Yeah. Remits the San Andreas fault. Yeah, because that's what this whole movie is about. A, um, a guy making shady land deals to get rich quick. <laughs> It's it's the superhero, the big short movie. Um, but I, yeah, I will say that when like going back to that the original scene where you first see Superman and he saves Lois in a helicopter, um, mm-hmm. when aliens come and people are freaking out, this is what they need to play to calm everybody <laughs> down because nobody was They're freaked out. Nobody, everybody just accepted that this was this guy in the suit flying and saving people, and everybody was okay with it. They had the yeah. cameraman recording it, and everybody's mm-hmm. there's no panic, everybody's just cheering. Yeah, yeah, and the dude with the um, yo, that's a bad outfit, yeah, that's only, yeah, I love that dude, that's, that's my MVP of this movie. Um, they're all standing right underneath it while bits of the building are falling mm-hmm. off, and there's a yeah. helicopter coming towards them, but they're pretty mellow, so. Yeah, everybody's just mellow as, just like, okay, cool, there's a flying dude, sweet as. Not one F-bomb gets dropped, and the F-bomb was around in 1978. Uh, <laughs> so, like, when you uh, see a dude, man. I have But I did, I, like, oh, yeah. No, no, go, go. I was just going to say, I do like the nod that when he, when that whole scene is, is going to happen and he needs to turn into Superman, I like the nod where he looks at the phone booth. But it's not the old school phone booth. It's yes. a modern for 78 yeah. phone booth. And he's like, well, that's not going to work, basically. Yeah. And then um, goes around the revolving doors instead. Mm. Although later, he just flies so fast out mm. of the window of the Daily Planet, it morphs Nobody into his classroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So whatever. But um, yeah, I, I like those little nods. Um, but to, I, correct me if I, I'm wrong, but nobody says, is it a bird, is it a plane? Do they or do they? No, I was no. waiting for it. Mm. I did find it funny though when that like helicopter's like hanging off the side of the building, Lois is hanging off. He still spends so much time trying to find somebody to get changed. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Where do we go? Where do we go? Priority that's getting into my suit. Oh, because he uh, knows. I guess he, he wants. He to, knows. Ah, uh, he. he uh, yes, he's he's great enough that he knows he's going to have time. But I still find it quite funny. He does say later on he's never timed himself, but he he must know. Just it must be instinctual, um, which I makes me think. My, I go, yeah. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Did no, you no, finish? No. No, yeah, hey, sure. I may have missed it, but how does Lex Luthor know the lore of Superman in relation to Kryptonite? That's a really, really good question. Mm. Oh, yeah. okay. So yeah. I didn't miss this. It's a massive hole in this movie. Okay, yeah. I thought no, I missed. No, doesn't he? He gets out all those maps, doesn't he? Yeah, but Lois interviews him for what, a couple of minutes, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see all the questions that she asks him. Unless they're having a really, really good talk while they're flying around the city. Um, yeah, there's no way that he knows all the stuff that he knows. Or the, the, this, no. the star that he mentioned or the planet that he mentioned. None of that makes sense. Okay, cool. Because I thought mm. I missed something and I'm going, okay, I get that he may have put two and two together in relation to like when Superman landed, there were other asteroids, et cetera, et cetera, and they find the other asteroids. But in relation to the whole lore, the kryptonite, the everything, I'm like, did like where did this come from? <laughs> well, he is supposed to be a super genius. 
he's he's supposed to be a super genius remember um i don't know if it's his that in the movie either but the character mm. um a super genius who for yeah, some reason keeps yeah who for some reason keeps otis around yes <laughs> like yes. it's sort of just like well what is the point of this keeping this dude around who's gonna just pretty much ruin all of your plans otis you were followed yeah. again yeah yeah um one of the bigger um plot holes for me is um there is no way that he okay so there's no way that this planet should be called krypton in this movie anyway because every time jor-el talks at the start of the movie he says he says says, krypton Mm -hmm. and then clark spends 12 years in the fortress of solitude listening to this dude and he would have been saying krypton the whole time And then he goes out, and I was like, where are you from? He's like, Krypton. It's like, okay, well, how did – what? It makes no sense. Yeah, I think Marlon just <sighs> it annoys you. to re-record. It annoys me that he says Krypton. Um, Have they ever done a movie to expand on the Krypton planet before? Like Man of Steel does, but in a really shitty way. That no, no, but diff- like. different to that in relation to like – There was a whole TV series called Krypton. Oh, okay. Did they do? Did they explore Krypton there? It was like the main character was like Jor-El's dad or Lara's dad, like so uh, Superman's granddad. Oh, okay. Um, and I think it's. Oh, I've only watched a little bit of it. I keep meaning to go back to it, but um, yeah, I believe it's set mostly on Krypton. Oh, okay, um, cool. I, I like the Krypton scenes from from Man of Steel. You know, I like that movie better than you do. Oh, I really it's, don't. It's fair play. I, I think it sets up a whole a lot of stuff in a really, really interesting way. It draws a lot from from what John Byrne did, did and stuff. And there's lots of little Easter egg things in the background of that one. But I think it kind of. I don't like the whole. Everyone's genetically engineered. Um, yeah, that's that's a John Byrne thing. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. There's, there's, we'll there's, see. There's, there's at least reasons problem. why they don't get off the planet and stuff. And you know, they they. they I thought it was clever the way they do that though in this one. Um, why don't they just leave? You know, Jarell and Lara and 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 the baby. Um, you know, the whole thing of saying, you know, you you will not leave this planet. Clearly, they can, and they don't. Yeah. Um, and then he says, well, you know, neither my wife nor I will leave. That was cool. Yeah, it, it's it's really nicely done. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff old in the old comics as to they they sort of backfill a little bit as to why don't why Kryptonians aren't out in space and stuff, and why he's the only one, and all of that. But I thought it was pretty well done in this. There's a good little except that he's not the only one, and off he goes. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And then there's the, quite yeah, a few other Kryptonians, as it turns out. Mm. Um, well, there's three more out of this movie. Out of this movie, but then, like law-wise, we end up with Supergirl, Crypto. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess Streaky and Com- are they all Kryptonians? Streaky and Comet and no, that's different stuff again. Yeah. Not, okay. Well, Supergirl is though. Oh, she's not. Road. She. Well, she is. Supergirl she's is from- and, and Crypto, the Superdog. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, they are. Yeah. Oh, no. Super Pet story. Crypto to Super Dogs from Krypton. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Kal-El's dog. Yeah. Huh. Haven't you haven't you and your kids watched League of Super Pets yet, mate? Yeah, but I just assumed like it was like a dog, and they gave it something special when it turned into a super dog. Actual Kryptonian dog. No, it's Kryptonian. Yeah. Oh, I think it'd have two heads or something. Why Superman doesn't? Be like the one from John Carter. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, like an alien dog. Yeah, 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 like an alien dog. Mm. The cat from Captain Marvel. Um, anyway, digress. Yes, the cat. Yeah. 
Um, did, did you guys think this, okay, particularly for you, Jared, I guess, how, how do you reckon this movie sets up in terms of explaining what the whole thing's about? Because you know, there would have been, even back, that, back then, there would have been a lot of assumption that, okay, people know who Superman is and what the powers are and all that kind of carry on. You know, and now you would probably spend more time backfilling a little bit more and filling in some of those gaps and stuff and all that. And Clark goes off and learns to be a Superman type thing. And in this one, like you said, Mike, 12 years in the fortress. Um, and then it's kind of mostly throwaway dialogue as to what he can do. I just wonder what you, what you guys made of that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I thought the, the whole origin story was explained well enough. Like you got the whole creation to Earth, and then him sort of discovering some powers when he's when he's younger, and then going off to the fortress. I I thought it was enough in there to sort of explain explain how I guess. Okay. I think it's a hard question because Superman is so ingrained in pop culture mm-hmm. and has been done in numerous different forms, right? TV, movies, comics, um, cartoons, whatever. Uh, It's like Spider-Man and Batman. Everyone knows Superman's origin, right? Whether you are a fan of this stuff or not. And so I feel, I feel that if, if you're watching this for the first time now, you'll not notice you're not getting told that because you just know it intrinsically. (laughs) Like, and so you probably won't even think, that you're missing it because you Make just a lot know of assumption now. Yeah. 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 And so it's hard to put yourself in the, the, the shoes of someone in 1978, yeah. even though Superman had been around for a very long time by that point, um, whether he was, I mean, they had the George Reeve show, which was really popular. Mm-hmm. So it was probably still enough in the pop culture zeitgeist that, you know, the origin and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think, if you're coming into it now for the first time, you're you're not even going to think about it. You you just know it anyway, so you're not going to think it's missing if it's missing. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, because um, I really yeah, just thinking about it now, I didn't even can't even recall what he said <laughs> or whatever, but um, or what he didn't say. It's just you accept he can fly, he can do whatever else like. You know, he can turn himself into a human drill and dig through the ground. Mm. Um, yeah. He can. He's indestructible. <laughs> he's super yeah, he's super strong. Yeah. Yep. Mm. He can reverse the planet's rotation, apparently. Um, mm. All of that stuff. Underwear you're wearing. Yeah, that scene. <laughs> right. Dude, like, apparently I like this movie as much as Superman likes pink. But that is just a, a and now even more creepy because of what you told me before about Lois being the the girl um gosh are we still on i just got a lost connection hello can anybody hear me i think we've lost michael yeah i think we, we just lost mike uh hey mike He's we gone. lost you we lost you We lost you. Where did you go? We just got up to the cool part too. 
Oh, how is it still recording? <laughs> oh no, hold your tickets. We can spend some time here talking about Man of Steel. <laughs> I enjoyed Man of Steel. Yeah, me too. I like the it's like. I like the crypto the, the Krypton part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Because it did spend a bit more time on Krypton in relation yeah. to, to him getting coming to Earth. There's more setup um, and more tension and stuff, yeah. Yeah, hmm. and then there's a lot more action in it. Um, I did like Zod. He was pretty cool. Yeah. Him and his baddie friends. Yeah, they're dangerous. They're genuinely dangerous, yeah. Oh, are they? is that like a group, is it? Right, says I'm back. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All good, mate. Yeah, we got up to... Um, being creepy with Lois being significantly younger than Clark. Um, sorry, Clayton. Yeah, that's kind of it's uh, yeah. Over time, they've so kind of become even more place. militaristic. Oh, okay. So they become like the Krypton Death Squad, do they? Yeah, it becomes like. Excuse me. It was like like a thing. Um, yeah, where that whole thing about you know you've got your scientist cast and your warrior cast and all that kind of thing. Yep. Like that, that was new to me at that point, but you know, over over the longer and longer it's gone on, certainly in the comics, that became more of. Originally, he was just called General Zod, and then in the movies, they made him, you know, it was an actual military thing, which I thought worked out pretty well. I found it cool also how they're saying that there were different outposts on different other worlds. Yeah. So when when their their home planet, you know, crashed, they went to different outposts to scavenger what they could find. Yeah. But then, um, you know, he turned Earth's outpost on, and so they came here. And I was like, oh, that's a cool way to introduce it because he just turns up and he's like, yo, we know that one of us are here. Give up or we're going to destroy Earth. Yeah, it's a pretty cool narrative way to do it. And also yeah. it's a nice little way to explain why they're it, why Superman and, and them, they're the last. Of the race, all yeah. The colonies all just died out, you know. So that's definitely a thing. That's yeah. what I, that was, that yeah. was quite cool. Yeah, I thought that was nicely done, yeah. Oh, you there, Mike? Now, Mike, you're gone again. Spirited away. I'm here. Oh, oh. there you are. Yay. Where cool. am Sorry. I? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we go back to? Where do we get to? Uh, seeing through clothing, but not lead. Yeah. Hang on. So, am I here or not? You are here. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, I am here. Okay, good. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. We can move on past that. I've made my point. Um. Oh, I have right. a question then. Yes. Go and play L. S- since you um, have skimmed past the fact that he could, you know, see through clothing and stuff, but not in lead. But hey, who does it better, Peter Pan or him? In relation to the flying with the girl scene. with the girl. Yeah. I hate that scene because in this movie. when this yeah. scene came up, the first thing I thought about was they're Peter Panning the shit. And I don't know when Peter Pan came she's out. She's wearing a she's wearing a windy dress, actually. Yeah, and that, that's all I thought of as I went straight to the Peter Pan scene. But I don't know who did it first. <laughs> Peter Pan movie is older than this. Peter Pan book is older than. Oh well, yeah, if the scene is, but the visual scene would mm, be from sure, the yeah. Disney movie. I assume you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, so I wonder why they put it I, in then. Probably just. I don't know, but he had to take her for a fly. But I guess you have to set up the whole Clark, well, Superman Lois thing somehow. It's a pretty cool one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess so. I hate, 
I hate that it's way too long for one. Like it would have been good if it was just the first part before she starts narrating it. Um, yeah, that was I weird. hate the narration part. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. Like she's talking in verse and oh, it's, it's not good. And um, then he drops her. <laughs> Did he drop her? Yeah, she fell down and yeah. he had to dive down to save her while the catcher right, yeah, yeah. and yeah. carry on their flight. But I was sort of hoping that he would let her die. <laughs> You're a complicated man, Clayton. Uh, like, you, you know that he's going to save her, right? But it's like, why Why couldn't they wait till like an inch off the ground or something that he's just like, shroom, and then, Oops. you know, makes it a bit more dramatic and stuff. No, because Big Bang Theory's already been over that. And with the scene where what? she falls off from the helicopter, Big Bang already already um, poo-pooed this whole thing, um, saying that based on the velocity that Lois was falling from the top of the Daily Planet and then Superman coming in at his speed, um, if he held out his arms to catch her like that, she would have been sliced into three pieces. <laughs> so, um, oh, for real? <laughs> Because she was falling at whatever velocity she was falling at. And then... there, there are books around this kind of stuff. It's yeah, there's a lot of time putting real scientific thought into these things, and frankly, they should just read comic books. People debate it is this a comic like, book movie in relation to it's like it's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, let alone there's a dude who can fly, and he's from a planet called Krypton, which doesn't really exist in real life, well, then... or in comic life because it blew up. But um, oh, this uh, is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that I might be know. my outro audio clip if I can find it. Um, should we just do some trivia? My, my, my turn for a question, sorry, if, if I can, if, yeah. if you don't mind. Um, Clayton and Jared, did you know that Lex Luthor is bald? <laughs> yes. Yes, but Someone I was didn't. wondering why he had hair to start with. <laughs> I can tell you why. Yeah, me too, when I first watched this movie and I went, Lex Luthor's meant to be bald, and then, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Why did he have hair? He is at the end. Um, in- yeah, at the, the end. Why did he have hair? That's all Gina Hackman's hair. You know that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, because he, yeah, he's got like, hair in the real life. Yeah, they, they just styled all of his hair, apparently, and then the only bit when he's bald at the end, it's a skull cap. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. But isn't there, he, like, he, it's like he a was, wig or something in the movies? What's that, Jared? Sorry. Isn't it? Isn't it like supposed to be a wig, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, his actual hair, but it, yeah, it's it's meant to be story, it's a big collection a, of wigs type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it, it was all just a really a really weird that's, thing. It's kind of like Cesar Romero mm-hmm. playing the Joker, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't shave off the mustache. You know. Just, <laughs> well, yeah. in the comics and the lore leading mm-hmm. up to this movie, Lex Luthor was bald. Yeah, always. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not always. Uh, yeah. During, the, during yeah. the 90s or whatever, the death of Superman, he's didn't he have... He's also, as Mike said, a super genius and a, like a scientist and all that kind of thing. And, and that's the things that probably... It's, it's one of the things that genuinely bugs me about this is that he's not a threat. I don't think he's dangerous mm. in this. He gets a lump of kryptonite, mm. which he kind of imagines. Mm. Um, mm. You know, but he's... Yeah, that's why I like the second one better because there's a real threat to it. And this one, it sees... Yeah, he's trying to make land mm. and he isn't dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I did find like him and Otis a little bit sort of like the the Batman movie we we watched, where like yeah. it's sort of not that serious, like it's almost like comic relief 
cheesy, yeah. The villains, mm. like real cheesy and like mm. that sort of angle for the villain with like the hideout and everything. I don't know if they probably took inspiration from that, I guess, and sort yeah, of made it that way. So. Maybe they felt like they needed a little bit of, you know, Batman camp type stuff to you know, to lighten it or whatever. I don't know. What sort of animal was supposed to be in that pit? You know, the pit that he's feeding um, the whole animal to and then he tries to feed the girl, the lady to? I've gone blank. You know the animal there. You know when Otis has to go uh, pull the lever down and there's like a cow or something falling down the chains and uh, you just hear the rustling of this animal eating it and then the carcass comes up? I genuinely don't remember that. Yeah, I think it's been too long since I watched this movie. It's been like yeah. two weeks. So. Otherwise, I would say oh. alligators in the sewers. No, no, oh. because then, then he hooks up um, the lady at the end. He's going to feed the lady to the animal, and then Superman comes in and saves the day. And it's all like, I saved your your mum first, or your mum says hi, or something like that. Because when Superman is dying, she lets him free, but she's like, you got to swear, you got to go do my mum first. Oh, yeah, because gonna, the missile's going to hit yeah. where her mum lives, yeah, yeah, New Jersey or somewhere. Oh, okay, we don't know what animal it is. No. Oh, no. okay. I've, I've, I've genuinely gone blank on that. I just wondered if it was like another like comic character that was in there that you didn't know was in there that you know eventually turned into something. No, not not from a not from a Superman point of view. No. Oh, okay. Be kind of like a Batman Killer Croc thing. If it was, yeah. Jeez, then they, maybe uh, ten years okay. later, yeah. Hmm. Mike, are you here? We can't hear you, Mike. He might be gone again. He dropped out before. I think you were right, Clayton. This is the Earth the Cursed episode. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand by. We are having technical difficulties. Has anybody got any trivia? <laughs> um, <laughs> Fuck it, let's just win this shit. Anybody got any trivia? Jared, I know you don't research this movie, but you got any trivia, bro? No, I didn't look anything up, so no, no okay. I have nothing. Um, I, Brian. I did look up some. I looked up some when we weren't sure um, we were going to record a little earlier. Yeah. We did, and we were all going to be on, which was right cool. Um, apparently, the kid who plays the baby kal the infant kal rather, the one who lifts the, the car, is also in Superman 2, and he's in Man of Steel. Oh. Not as a baby. That's cool. Couldn't find out who he plays in those, but he's um he's there, which is I thought was pretty cool. Um, the guy who plays him, who plays Clark as a teenager, um, has a fake nose and a wig. No way. Naturally blonde with wavy hair, from what I read. Um, yeah, and you know because no, you know they overdub his voice because it's Christopher Reeve. Um, yeah, so he had all the stuff, makeup and stuff to make him look like young Clark, I guess if you like. It's a movie magic right there, man. Movie magic right there. And for movie magic, apparently the bit like where he's running down the road, you know, after he's he's run in front of the train. Yeah. And then he runs off down the road and there's like this big cloud of dust. And I wondered how they did that. And I managed to find it. It's apparently some guy on a motorbike dragging a bag of dirt. Um, oh, that's pretty like cool. Like he's running down the dirt road because, you know, it's in a long shot. So. Mm-hmm. 
So that's a thing. Um, and pretty that's much pretty the, inventive, really, when you think yeah, about it, for, for the time. Yeah, I thought so. The, the effects in this for the time, I think I think they hold up really well. I, I really do. The flying sequences are extremely cool. Crazy. I mean, even the miniatures at the end with the, the dam and everything, I think that, that, that plays pretty well, I thought. Now, Mike did say he had some trivia, but we can't hear Mike. So, we hear it unfortunately, it the notes. there's no trivia from Mike. Yeah. So, do you want to hear some Twitter comments? Go. Yeah. Uh, so, Megan did a thing on Twitter, and we got some tweets. So, I think I found the right thread anyway. Uh, from Ray Taylor, at Ray Taylor, they said, Topeka DC film magic. So it peaked yeah. and then just fell straight off then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, peak then Snyder. Um. Um, we've also got Idiots at the Gate podcast. I don't know how to see your username, so apologies for that. It says, my childhood movie. Still love it. Gene Hackman is the best Lex Luthor. Do you agree with that? No. I like the guy from um, the recent Lex Luthor. The young fella. I can't remember his name. Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, that fella. Okay. I like him. Who's your Lex Luthor? Um, Michael Rosenbaum, Smallville. Oh, yeah. Mike said Smallville as well. Smallville's the best. Uh, also from Film Rage at Film Rage YYC. I remember seeing this when it came out and thinking it was the best superhero experience I will ever see in my life. If I had died that year, I guess I would have been true. I guess it would have been true. Going back as an adult, this film didn't hold up great. <laughs> uh, from Elliot Comic Art at Elliot. Comic art, I guess. Sorry, your username's cut off halfway through. Uh, the movie that started my comic fandom, the first two acts have some of my favorite movie moments. Performances by Reeve, Kidler, and Hackman, and the soundtrack still gives me chills. As I got older, the third act loses me. Still one of my all time favorites. Brian, I don't, did, I don't, I've never heard of anybody who, who hates this movie. Did lot, you have the soundtrack? I, I know a lot of people who love this movie, but I don't know anybody who hates it. Um, I own the soundtrack now. Did you have the soundtrack as a nine-year-old boy? No. Flying no. around your backyard? No. I was, I was buying Split Ends albums when I was nine. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Shoot the flick at Shoot the Flick. I guess. Can't see the full name. I don't know how Mike does this, eh? Half the names are cut off. <laughs> the original Superman is still a good time. Unfortunately, it still is the basis of how we rank Superman movies after all. Professor J at jhunt 6 This movie's biggest surge was when it premiered as a two-part series on national television. It absolutely took over the country. That's some crazy stuff to think how iconic this movie is, really. Yeah, yeah, it was it was genuinely groundbreaking. Yeah, I mean, Mike picked it as a, one of as his pick for the you know let's do an epic, mm. and particularly for for seventy eight, he wasn't wrong. 
Chance Whitmore. It was a huge wow moment for me as a kid. Enjoyable movie for uh, in a goofy 70s sort of way. But along with Batman, uh, foundational to the idea that superheroes movies could be a thing again. Pop culture now. I'm old enough to remember the tagline. This movie will make you believe a man can fly. As you said, Brian. It was a standout superhero movie from a time unlike today where, uh, where they were few and far between. A funny, exciting and wholesome film. And the last one from Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. This film hasn't aged well. But I feel like a Superman... Oh, but it felt like a Superman comic book when I was a kid. It still holds a place in my heart. I guess it, with all those, even though like there's still like good feedback from everybody, and thank you to everybody who who put the little Twitter account, uh, Twitter comments there. It it just cements the fact that this is a. It's like one of the all time greats in relation to pioneer. Pioneering something. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, fully agree. You're quite right. Mm. I don't know how you could explain that in a better way, but yeah. yeah. It's just one of the iconic. It's iconic. Yeah, that's what that's what I was looking for, correct? Yeah. I think the, the genuinely surprising thing out of that is that it took, what, just over 10 years to get Batman. So we went from this to Batman. Yeah, like three, three more Superman movies. Yeah. And then, and, you know, three and four. Yeah, not good, kind of a little bit of a kill the franchise type thing. Yep. And then it wasn't till let me see, was it 80, 89? And Batman. Batman. Yeah. Basically. Then we got the five Batmans or whatever it was. Yeah, four Batmans. And then it's kind of, yeah, it, it sort of. And then it died off you, again, correct? Yeah, it, it kind of did. And then there wasn't a lot for a long time. Not, not, not good ones anyway. It's mm. kind of one of those ones where you'd think it would have kicked off something and, and surprisingly really didn't. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Mm. All right, we're going to cut for a short commercial break. We'll be back shortly. Mike, do whatever you need to do. So no commercial, but I'm back. So well done, Clayton, for um, getting those Twitter comments in. Good job. Apologies. I just learned that I had to click into each tweet. Sorry. See, my stuff has more work than you think. All right, um, should we just do some more trivia? Because I saw you, um, I heard you throw some out there that I had on my list anyway. Oh, we had nothing. Brian just filled the gap, bro. <laughs> I know, but they, they were stuff I was going to bring up, and that's really cool. Speaking of the one with the motorbike and the dirt bag and whatever, to give him the running effect, um, when he kicks the football, they had buried an air cannon under the grass. Um, what? To, wow. to shoot out the... Um, the football when he kicks it, so it goes. Oh, up that's into, legit. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when Brian said that he had to wear a fake nose and a wig and everything, the teenage Clark and Clayton sounded really surprised. Did it not look to you like he was wearing like extremely heavy makeup? Because it did to me. He always looked fake to me. Mm. No, I, um, I just ran with it. I didn't really yeah. go out my way studying him. I was just sort of waiting for him to get to the "I am Superman." I, I will admit, I never even clicked until I read it that Christopher Reeve had overdubbed him. I just never even thought about it. <laughs> it's just, that's his voice. So it's interesting. 
Right. So there is some alternative casting stuff, if you're interested in that sort of thing. Charlie Sheen. He's probably the only one not on the list. Okay. <laughs> um, probably because of his age. Um, all right. He plays him in Hot Shots, though. He plays Superman? Yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah, they riff on the flying scene in Hot Shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, I'm just going to go through this because I copied and pasted a whole lot of things. So if I double up on some names, then just um, you'll forgive me. So Robert Redford, Clint Eastwood, and James Kahn were all offered the movie's title role. All three turned it down. Redford wanted too much money. Eastwood said he was too busy. And Khan said, there's no way I'm getting into that silly suit. Um, oh, I wish he did a bit. Yeah, he does now, eh? Well, until number three and four came out. And like you were saying before, how two and three killed the franchise, and then the same thing happened to Batman. Two and three, uh, three and four killed the franchise. Yeah, um, correct. And then we probably had nothing until Blade, I would imagine, um, in 98. Yeah, yeah. Which is another 10 years mm-hmm. since the last good one. And then um, we had to wait till Spider-Man, X-Men. Then X-Men, yeah. Um, mm. And all of them. And um, and Richard Donner, the director of this, his wife is producer of the X-Men movies. So, Diane. Of course, yeah. Good call. Right. So, numerous... Okay, I'm just going to keep going with this copy and paste stuff. Numerous actors were considered for the part of Superman, Clark Kent. Warren Beatty, uh, James Cannon, as I already said. Um, Burt Reynolds. Chris Christopherson. There's a Blade tie-in. Um, Nick Nolte, Robert Redford. Oh, I already said that. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. And you've gone again. You got up to the best name. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It is technical glitches galore tonight. So if this edits together really poorly, then that's my bad. Sorry. Um, uh, we got up to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. Yeah, apparently. Schwarzenegger. Put it that way. Um, that that would not have been my Superman. Um, that would have been an awesome Superman. He was already an awesome Mister Freeze, right? Um, Ryan O'Neill, Jeff Bridges, uh, David Soul, Robert Wagner, uh, John Voight, and the front runners apparently were Nick Nolte and John Voight. After the role was turned down by Warren Beatty and Robert Redford, um, among the unknowns tested for the role were um, Ilya Silkins, who's the producer, uh, Wife's Dentist, <laughs> uh, footage of which is on the DVD, the test screening. Um, and obviously, eventually, they cast an almost unknown actor that they kept coming back to. They turned him down a few times. They liked his performance, but he was too skinny. A guy uh, called Christopher Reeve, who had only had one other film and a television soap opera to his credit. Um, and this made him. Oh, yeah. And when, this is like what he's known for, yeah? Yeah, so they basically gave it to him based on the strength of his performance. Uh, and then when he got the part, he went and started training to get in shape. And guess mm-hmm. who trained him, Clayton? Al Schwarzenegger. No. The guy oh. who played Darth Vader, David Prowse. He would be trained him. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, see that he would have been jacked. He, oh, he was jacked enough. In my opinion, he would have been this, jacked. No, jacked this is just jacked. Nah, because this is my opinion. Superman shouldn't be jacked. No, he's an alien from another planet, yo. His his strength comes from the sun, not from having big muscles. Yeah, cells are full of radiation. That's where it comes from. 
That's right. With him so he doesn't need to. I mean, you, you naturally, I mean, if he's holding up trains and stuff, that's like the equivalent of us lifting some weights, right? Human style. So he would get some muscle, but I don't think he should be steroid jacked like some people draw him. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, other names, apparently, I mean, we take all this for, with you know, grain of salt and stuff. Um, James Brolin, Lyle Wagner, and Perry King all auditioned for the part of Superman. Steve Trevor. Nice. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Miss Tessmarker, Goldie Horn and Anne Margaret both offered the role but wanted too much money. Peter Boyle auditioned for the part of Otis. Dustin Hoffman turned down the part of Lex Luthor, apparently. Hmm. And Paul Newman so we can round out Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, uh, was offered the choice of playing Superman, Lex Luthor, or Jor-El for the fee of $4 million, but he wasn't interested in playing any of them. So now my question is, who would you have cast Paul Newman as? Because I love Paul Newman. Out of those three roles, Jor-El, Lex Luthor, or Superman, who would you have cast 1978 Paul Newman as? Perry White. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see him as, as any of them, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe Jarrell. Ma- look, maybe Jarrell. Yeah. yeah. Would have put more effort in than Brando. Uh, yep. Although, in yeah. saying that, hmm. I do actually like his Jarrell in the, in the movie. Um, even though he put nothing into it, he wouldn't memorize his lines. He was reading lines off Baby Kalal's nappy. Um, during the scene where he puts him into the spaceship. Um, Didn't he do like the exact same thing for Apocalypse Now? Like turned up like super overweight, didn't know his lines. Yep. That, that turned out well enough. Yeah, good old method acting. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. <sighs> yeah. Um, now, moving on from to other trivia, uh, Mario Puzo, who took the first go at the script, obviously very famously wrote the novel The Godfather and the screenplay for the godfather um was brought in to write superman uh apparently it was too epic and too expensive Mm. so the team brought in david newman and robert benton um and they sort of toned it down added some of the camp to it um but obviously mario puzo gets a very prominent credit um in those six minute opening scene um, we've talked about Marlon Brando having the idea to wear the S and therefore making it into the sigil of the House of Al by default. Um, apparently, the Superman S logo that Marlon Brando wears is the same one that George Reeves had on his costume in the Adventures of Superman TV show. Yeah. So, like an homage. Um, the credit sequence, because Clayton loves it so much, cost more than most films made at that point in time. Of course it did, because it was six minutes long. It, it was flying words, man. Yeah, but they needed to pay the high-end tech people to make those flying words. Then they needed mm-hmm. to cut the Star Wars. Welcome yep. to the Death Star. The, <laughs> the movie was filming in New York City on the night of the notorious 1977 blackout. The... Um, the real daily news uh, was able to publish 
still despite the blackout because the film company let the newspaper use their generators. Um, John Williams. John Williams. Now, we've talked how about how iconic the score is, and it is, for me anyway, one of my favorites. But John Williams takes up probably the top 10 of mine anyway. Um, he was not the first choice to score the movie. It was offered and given to Jerry Goldsmith, but then there was a scheduling conflict and he had to pull out, and John Williams was his replacement. What about the Zimmerman fella? Or was he not Hans was he too young? I don't know if he was... Was he doing movies that early? He might have been. But anyway, he went on to do all the DC ones. Yeah, uh, that's uh, right, that, uh, that's why I say that's the only guy I know. Hans Zimmer is... Um, we did Gladiator, one of my favourite movies. Um, and the Batman, the movies, the, um He did the DCU ones. Danny Elfman yeah. did the... Um, the Burt ones. Or at least the first one. Um, the movie's original ending had Superman saving California, restructuring the San Andreas Fault, and then throwing the second missile into space, which then cracked the Phantom Zone and released the three supervillains um, who are obviously the antagonists of Superman 2. And we're seen at the start of Superman 1 being put into the awesome glass pane. Um, Superman turning the world around was originally conceived as the ending of Superman 2 to make Lois forget that Superman and Clark Kent are the same person because she finds out the identity in Superman 2. And there's lots more trivia you should go and research and plenty of documentaries and supplemental stuff on the the Blu-rays and DVDs. Um, But we've talked long enough and we're having a lot of technical issues. So who's still here? Do you reckon Superman has like a like an issue? You know how he hooks up with Lois, right? If he's all like, you know how he hooks up with Lois, right? Yeah. Is he all like, are you with me because I'm Superman, or are you with me because I'm clucking? Hmm. Well, back in that era, it was totally for Superman. Um, yeah, I just wondered. Yeah. Just wondered yeah. if he ever thought about that. Play with his mind, yeah. Mm. Well, you should watch um, Superman and Lois, the TV show. Great TV show. And it's about the home life, basically, because they live oh, in yeah, Dean Cain. And they're married. Yeah. No, Superman and Lois, not <laughs> Lois and Clark. <laughs> oh, okay. What's, oh, okay, a different one, is it? Yeah. Oh. Still yeah Superman and Lois is Lois the current one. Yeah. They did so, a thing in the comics way back where they had like Lana Langers in there and Lois is in that, and there was a whole big thing around why. Lana keeps chasing around after Superman, and it's the whole thing of fame and reflected glory, you know, which I always thought was kind of a fun thing because it's rather than just, you know, he's this really virtuous guy, just someone who's chasing after him because he's it's bright and shiny, if you know what I mean. Yep. Anyway, I digress. Legit. It's a legit storyline right there. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But not enough time to cover it in this movie, along with other stuff, but that's no. okay. But they did film a movie back-to-back with this, a sequel, that Richard Donner filmed 75% off before getting fired and replaced by Richard Lester. Um, which is why you can now get Superman 2 The Donner Cut, which I believe still has cellophane unfortunately, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm. Um, Crazy. So, at the risk of more technical faults, do you think we should just wind it up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This has not That's been the... Yeah, this has not been the 
the celebratory 50th I was hoping for because of all these glitches, so sorry about that. But um, let's um, let's give it some thumb scores. Let's start with Brian. How many thumbs? One and a half. Good. That's a good number. One, one um, and a half for Christopher mm-hmm. Reeve because, and like you said before, like the transformation, how he gets to be, you know, he can be Clark and he can be Superman and that's why he's still Superman in my brain. So he is your Superman? He's 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 the yeah the the, the movie Superman in my head. I know there's not a lot of rivals, but you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. And it loses a half for turning back time and Felix Luthor. Fair. Okay. Is everyone still there? Yep. Yes. Yep. Still hanging on. You're the only one who responded, though. I'm here. Me too. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. <laughs> okay. I don't want to keep stopping and starting, and I don't want to keep editing. So this is staying in. All right. Um, Jared, how many um, thumbs? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, one from me. I mean, not my favorite superhero movie, but, yeah, enjoyable enough as a watch. Mm. Yeah, see, I'm losing you guys constantly. How many was it? <laughs> Uh, one thumb. Okay. Clayton. Um, I'm disappointed that we didn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger now that I know that we could have had him as Superman, but um, based on the movie that I watched, one. Okay. Right. And I give it one and a half. So what's yeah. that? Five solid five out of eight. 62.5%. So we're way under, way under the Rotten Tomatoes this time. We were. For both. It's like butchering it all over again. True. Let's just say this is still a better superhero movie than some of the stuff that comes out these days, especially from DC, but also like the Eternals. Um, I like the Internals. The Internals? The Eternals? Eternals. The Internals might be a whole different genre. (laughs) No, the the Marvel one with Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Yeah, the Eternals. Yeah, I like that one. That was cool. And uh, nice. okay. I suspect right. the internals is one genre. If it was a movie, it would be a genre we would never cover on this podcast. Correct. And um, this is from a guy who liked Man of Steel, so whatever. Anyway, um, we need wow. a pick. Wow. Yeah. Everyone's, um, everyone's opinion is valid, except for anyone who says Man of Steel is good. Um, Next so, time on the Heritage Film Club, when we do the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern, Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, I've never said that was good. I've never said that was good. Um, all right, so uh, it's we need a new movie to watch uh, for next week. Uh, not next week, next episode. So um, Jared's going to have a pick for the next one, actually. So, Jared, I am. What's, what is the next uh, movie for the Heritage Film Club? Well, um, I, I like picking movies that that the rest of you guys haven't seen. And I am quite certain that you wouldn't have seen this one because for second time for you guys, uh, third time for me, weirdly, we are doing a movie that is not in English. Um, I've been wanting to do a movie uh, from this country for a while, and it is a movie from India. I am going to go quite easy on you guys. (laughs) Is it Bollywood? 
It is not your typical Bollywood movie. Um, oh. I'll spare you guys that. Um, it is more of a, a black comedy crime thriller film, which I think is a lot more accessible to to the, the Western audience. That is this podcast. Uh, it is from 2018. And the movie Wikipedia is telling me roughly translates to blind tune. The movie is called Underdone. So I'm thinking that none of you have, have heard of this movie or seen this movie, but I'm, I'm quite looking forward to, to watching it and discussing it with you guys. Not the stereotype. No, it's I, I don't think it's what you guys picture um, a Bollywood or Indian movie to be. Okay, but is there some dancing in it? Um, I think there is. I have seen it a while ago, but okay. it's yeah, it's not it's I, I don't think it'll be what you're expecting. Okay. All right. Cool. So yeah, um it's time to turn the subtitles on again. It's always movies. Wasn't the raid you mm. as well? Yeah, I think I, I picked the raid. Um, I know when we did Princess Mononoke, I think I did it in Japanese with the subtitles and yeah. the rest of you guys just we did the, the dub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll call this the second, the second non-English film that we're doing. All right. It's going to be good. Looking forward right. to it. And uh, yes, I, I will send the, the spelling in the chat just because I'm Please. sure you guys have no idea how to, how to find this movie. <laughs> How many Twitter comments will we get? Hmm. I know there are a billion people in India, so um, True. if we get into that audience, um, oh. which is yeah, oh, maybe a strategic pick to untap market to get us into an untapped market. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do we have any listeners no, no. from India on the demographic breakdown? We'll soon find out. Reckon. All right. Speaking of which, how Twitter can be followed at Heritage Film Pod on on the Twitter. So there you go. That's a social media for you. Um, all right. Glitches are starting to happen. I can't remember the name of the movie. Jared, say it one more time for the people. Underdone. It is on Netflix, so yeah. Hey. Nice. There you go. Thank you. Easily accessible. Um, and um, the, the film club will be back in two weeks to uh, discuss. So until then... Uh, I was going to go out with something supermanish, and I can't think of anything for the life of me. So, <laughs> yay, so, we turn fifty. Up, up and away, Mike, or something? I mean, really? Hey, uh, up, up and away, yeah. Or um, for truth, justice, and the American way, because in '78 it was still the American way. And with that, thank you for fifty-four episodes, and we are. Thanks for listening. Honey, wait. Yeah. Um, if you don't have any other plans, do you want to join us for Thai food and a Superman movie marathon? A marathon? Wow, how many Superman movies are there? You're kidding, right? You know, I do like the one where Lois Lane falls from the helicopter and Superman swooshes down and catches her. Which one was that? One. <laughs> you realize that scene was rife with scientific inaccuracy. Yes, I know, men can't fly. No, no, let's assume that they can.
Lois Lane is falling, accelerating at an initial rate of 32 feet per second per second. Superman swoops down to save her by reaching out two arms of steel. Miss Lane, who is now traveling at approximately 120 miles an hour, hits them and is immediately sliced into three equal pieces. <laughs> Unless Superman matches her speed and decelerates. In what space, sir? In what space? She's two feet above the ground. You know, frankly, if he really loved her, he'd let her hit the pavement. It'd be a more merciful death. Excuse me, your entire argument is predicated on the assumption that Superman's flight is a feat of strength. Are you listening to yourself? It is well established that Superman's flight is a feat of strength. It is an extension of his ability to leap tall buildings, an ability he derives from exposure to Earth's yellow sun. And you don't have a problem with that? How does he fly at night? Uh, a combination of the moon's solar reflection and the energy storage capacity of Kryptonian skin cells. <laughs> I'm just gonna go wash up. I have 2,600 comic books in there. I challenge you to find a single reference to Kryptonian skin cells. Challenge accepted. 